Certificates are pieces of data that the server exchange uh, during the TLS handshake when the client tries to connect to that server to authenticate itself, to uh, make sure that, hey, client, you're actually talking to the right guy. Okay? And why are we so paranoid about this? Why do we need a certificate? And the reason we need a certificate is because uh, IP packets that we transmit passes by so many computers and routers and we do not trust these computers or routers and gateways and proxies, right? Because people can just fiddle and change things. In the public internet, it's sufficient to only trust the server authentication. You know, that's enough for us. Uh, but sometimes you want the client to actually also authenticate itself. In a microservices environment, for instance, where services talk into kind of a cloud-native environment where it's not really trusted if you think about it, right? Then how do I know that the service I talk to or is talking to me is actually the service that is talking to me? You need a mutual authentication that's where mutual tls comes into the picture and that's i talked about that in the whole picture but regardless whether it's client side certificate or server side certificate the certificate is really large why is it large if it's just containing the public key of the server and some sort of a signature eh? and the domain name is some strings right and the subject and email probably or something like that that's because that's not really what we just sent in the tls handshake we sent something called a certificate chain it's a whole chain of certificate because if you just create a certificate yourself and you send it to me that's not enough to trust you because you signed your own certificate that's called self-signed certificate it's not really trusted. So we need someone who is trusted to sign your certificate, and that's called the certificate authority, which is nothing but just a normal certificate. Right? But that certificate authority is trusted by another party, right? And that party is also trusted by another party, another certificate authority. Up until we reach something called the root certificate. So until we reach this root certificate is a self-signed certificate that the private key of that certificate is tucked in, hidden somewhere. I believe it's with the AINA uh, authority, if I'm not mistaken. But basically, that is a trusted certificate and it's literally installed in all of your computers. Global sign is a root certificate for example right that's one example of a root certificate and and that's basically installed on your machine and if you detect that root then anything that comes from the root is essentially trusted and that's how you validate that the server is who they say they are and that chain is very large and very large it basically takes the most of the handshake right and as a result of course it takes time to transmit and i want to talk about that portion in this episode of the back engineering show and also mention the ongoing rfc there is rfc 8879 that is titled tls certificate compression because guess what today we do not compress the certificate we encrypt it 
with the SO3 at least. I'm gonna talk about that. But we do not compress it, so that it's it's very large. And it has um, a side effect as a result. If it's something is large, it takes time to transmit, performance suffer. How about we jump into it and discuss? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. Welcome to the Back Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And certificates are thick, really large. And, and the reason is, spins from the idea of you cannot really trust anything that you get from a, a remote party. And so we need a third party kind of a situation where we trust in order to trust that certificate and this certificate itself which contains the domain name which is the subject which contains the public key of the server and then itself it's signed by a certificate authority and it's the certificate authority let's encrypt google services and digicert is also signed by another certificate authority right could be another certificate authority or could be the root certificate authority right could be just the root itself, the root certificate. This chain can get really large. And if you look in any handshake that you have today, you will see if you used Wireshark or TCP dump, you'll see that the certificate chain is around six kilobytes, eight kilobytes, sometimes 10. The largest I saw was, I think, 10 kilobytes or maybe 11 kilobytes, right? Of course, there could be larger if you have a certificate authority that is signed by another certificate authority that is signed by another certificate authority, right? And also could and could get larger if you actually include the cert, the root certificate. Because let's let's think about it the, real quick here. Now, if you say that hey, the server will include the full chain, that means very dating that full chain from the client side should uh, be sufficient correct but that's actually not right you cannot rely on the certificate full chain that the server sends back to you to actually authenticate the server why because if I'm a malicious server, I can create my own root certificate, self-signed, and I can then create my own shady certificate authority. That's called Hussein Shady. And then I could and I can sign that root that certificate authority with that root certificate that I just wrote. And then I can create a certificate that says Google.com claiming to be Google.com. Right? 
and I include all the Google information, and I click here, I want to claim to go be google.com. If I then intercepted someone going to Google and immediately responded instead of actually sending the works to Google, I responded back to the person because let's say I'm with the gateway, right? And I responded claiming to be Google. I just forged the IP. And I write back, say, hey, here's the TLS parameters. And here's actually Google certificate. Trust me, please. You are actually talking to Google. And I include the full beautiful chain that I actually talked about here, right? Which is google.com signed by Hussein Shady, signed by the root certificate that I just created. And if the client relies solely on that chain to authenticate, they will follow that chain and until they will reach the root and they will find that the root is self-signed and they will not do any additional checks as, oh, this root is good actually because the root is self-signed and sounds like it's good, right? If the, if the client just did that, that's absolutely pointless because every single thing will be valid in this case. That's not enough. And in this particular case, the clients will trust that it's actually talking to Google, which is not. And then I can serve it another page that is looks good like Google, but it's actually a phishing page, right? And uh, I basically have the client very bad, very, very, very bad. So what a client, as TLS clients actually never, never, never do this. They take your certificate. They go to the certificate authority. They go back up until they reach the root certificate and in that root certificate they actually validated against their certificate store that's called the certificate store is where basically all the certificates that are root and trusted are stored in your machine that's basically what the operating system installed so whatever is in that certificate store it's trusted did you add it? Nope. Someone else did. You just have to trust them, you guys. And that's that's why wherever you buy the laptop and whoever installs the operating system for you really matters, right? You can't just, hey, I really trust the government of uh, Kazakhstan to, you know, pre-ship my operating system for me. I definitely do, you know? Uh, because I, I I call out Kazakhstan because they actually did something like that before. Uh, they tried to install a, a root certificate on every single machine that entered the, their country, effectively. Something like that. But because I check that certificate, root certificate against that, against that store, only then... If that public key of this root certificate exists in my root, then it's actually enough right, for me to check that. And that's when I actually validate and trust it. But here's the thing. If you really, really, really think about it, including this, the root certificate is not really required. Right? Just the fact that if you tell me that your certificate authority, the final leaf, not leaf, the final node, just if you tell me that who signed you, what public key signed you, which root signed you, just the public key, 
just an identifier that's enough because i'll use that identifier to look up my root and based on that i trust it okay including the root is optional based on the uh, rfc the tls rfc but i from my you know looking up and sniffing tls handshake i think it's almost always included like google always included the root for some reason at last time i checked right so that's an additional like 1.2 kilobyte or whatever right that including that the thick root certificate that the the, the self-signed one i mean if you configure your own nginx can you control that i would control like definitely if i control my nginx server or my ha proxy or some other server i will not try to not include that root certificate because it's just pointless right it's just an additional thing too if i want to optimize the performance i will of my handshakes i will not include it but i don't believe every web server allow you to actually have that low level you know tuning if you are at that level you're you're on your own almost right this is a very low level change you're doing but regardless including the root or not including the root that's still a large payload why is it large the reason it is large is because you see given an mtu of the internet which is 1500 that's the agreed upon 1500 bytes that's the maximum transmission unit of the medium of the internet like the lowest common denominator is 1500 even if you have like a router that's supposed a jumbo frame of 6000 9000 bytes you're still gonna almost always gonna run into a router that supports 1500 that's the minimum right so we always say 1500 to you what does that mean it means that the corresponding ip packets has 1500 minus its headers which is around 20 bytes so that's for 1480 bytes and then take another 20 bytes for tcp because that's the common transport protocol 20 bytes for the tcp header that gives you 1460 bytes maybe 66 because sometimes the ip header doesn't take the full 20 bytes yeah takes less so that's that's what you're playing with you can only send a segment a maximum segment size of 1460 byte so if your certificate is is 10 kilobytes that means you have to send math you have to send exactly seven segments just the to deliver the certificate from the server to the client okay of course congestion control window plays big part here right uh we really don't want to send uh, one segment number one and then wait for an acknowledgement from a client and then they send the second segment and then wait for an acknowledgement from the client and then send it, and seven times that will basically kill us then that's why the congestion window we 
based on whatever the i think you start with the initial window is one maximum segment size which is like 460 and then it can increase exponentially with slow start so and every time you send and you receive an acknowledgement this this increases it but because that the handshake is technically the start of the algorithm the, the tls handshake is technically the start of your connection establishment it's actually the slowest because you can't you did not give enough time for the connection to breathe for the congestion window to actually expand right because you just literally started the handshake you did the sense and act act yeah sure we kind of increase that window a little bit larger but then immediately we got the client hello and then followed by the server hello so tls 1.2 funnily enough has maybe better uh, better chances than tls 1.3 tls 1.3 suffers badly because of this right why because tls 1.3 and it's a one round trip kind of a handshake where you send something and then you immediately respond and then you're done right it's just one round trip in that round trip you really want to deliver as much data fast you don't really want to wait for an acknowledgement right from the client a tcp layer transport acknowledgement that is i'm talking about right TLS 1.3 did not unlock its full potential yet, unfortunately, in my opinion. Again, I'm just theorizing here. Just because of that, if your certificate is really large, guess what? The client cannot finish the handshake unless it receives their full, full certificate. Hey guys, Hussein from editing. As I was editing this portion related to the congestion window initial size, and I said that the initial size is one. It used to be true that the initial congestion window size was one maximum segment size, which is 1400, 1500 bytes. But then in 2013, April, there was a new RFC. And guess who made that RFC? Google. RFC number 6928, increasing the TCP initial window to 10 maximum segment size oh yeah so they thought about this years ago that they're going to run into this problem with tls right having large certificate if they did not do that right so this is a server or a back-end configuration where you can set what is the initial uh, conjunction window size setting it too high of course you risk that the client might not handle it but they just set it too high right that's why when i do the tls 1.3 to google i see all the certificate segments get delivered without waiting for an acknowledgement and that makes sense because their initial window is so high so that might not might be a problem but it's something to take 
into account for our backend application because we have no idea who sets this contextual. I don't, I never did. So probably whatever library, so whatever library, whatever proxy you're using should have the low level ability to change that conjunction window and i would set it to a higher value one is too low i think especially if you're gonna do a tls right and then you're delivering this massive certificate you don't want to send a certificate like part of the certificate and because your window is too small you have to wait for the acknowledgement just so you can send the other segment right you want the window to be so large so that just like slam all the segments without waiting for an acknowledgement this way at least you can push all this data this is just uh, something i would like to add uh, to to the podcast i think it's very useful because it bugged me while i was like wait a minute when i actually did that i did not see the client actually acknowledging why is the the server never waited for my acknowledgement why then of course a little bit googling and we found this rfc in 2013 we learn new things every day back to the podcast so yeah certificates are really large and uh, this rfc that i'm looking at right now 8879 it's called tls certificate compression and it is designed to include a new TLS extension that the client and the server will agree upon. And the client, of course, proposes first. And it will say, hey, server, here's a TLS handshake. Here's my client's hello. And here's my ALPN. Of course, the application layer protocol negotiation. I support HTTP 1 and 2. And I support also... uh, SNI, server name indication, maybe encrypted client hello, stuff like that. All this extension, and here's a new extension, TLS compression, right? TLS certificate compression. I want you to compress your certificate. Don't send me that bloated 10 kilobyte stuff, right? Compress it for me. And now, if the server agreed on whatever compression algorithm it picks from the list i believe gzip is one of them uh braille braille let's get the list actually so i don't make shit up Gzip. it's, it's called zlib sorry zlib broadly and z is standard z so these are the three algorithms that are they are they support so far to compress the algorithm and when the server picks up an algorithm compresses the certificate it must of course include the uh the 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 length of the uncompressed message length the uncompressed how how lo- how large it is uh, as uh, as uncompressed and it also should include the algorithm that is used to compress and when it does that it then sends that compress so it will compress it from 10 kilobyte probably is going to go down to one so it fits nicely because especially it's all text like certificates all text right certificates all test so uh text sorry so compression is really the ratio is really high i think and you can transfer that damn thing into a single segment so it's really powerful if you think about it, right? If this gets implemented, I think it's it's gonna be a huge, you know, 
performance boost when it comes to establishing TLS uh, handshakes. Now, uh, let's let's uh, explore how this will work in both TLS 1.2 and TLS 1.3. You see, in TLS 1.2, uh, it takes two round trip to finish the whole thing. And in the first round trip, you get the certificate. And in the second cert round trip, you actually finish up the handshake and find out what symmetric key you're going to be using, both the client and the server. Right? So if that's the case, then in TLS 1.2, so the client does a cli client hello says, hey, server, uh, here's a bunch of stuff. I support all these ciphers and I support also this uh this sets of key exchange algorithms and here's anything anything pick pick whatever you want right and the clients are so smart if the clients support both TLS 1.3 and 1.2 it will actually include the TLS 1.3 stuff so it will pick up a key exchange algorithm uh, uh, actually it's called I think uh a group, a security group that's called uh, like X255, whatever stands for the the, the standard, uh, you know, curve. Because, you know, when you actually exchange parameters, there are so many parameters to pick from. So people built up, security people built up a group of secure parameters. It's, hey, this is a group called X25505, like, whatever, I forgot what it stands for. Uh, and and this is use the electric curve with uh, 256 bits of key key size and it's uh, 128 uh, bits of security blah 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 right so the client's actually smart enough to if it supports both it will include this information just in case the server actually supports 1.3 but let's say the server is only supporting 1.2 it will basically ignore the TLS 1.3 parts and it will just pick up the serve uh, pick up the uh, pick up one of the trusted certificate from the clients list and it will build up the key exchange so the server will start the key exchange technically in TLS 1.2 it will build up its own private parameters share the public parameters and share the certificate so technically we do not encrypt yet at that round trip so the first round trip is just sharing hey we picked this let's agree on this so the client now have the public parts of the server and now can technically complete the handshake so now the client will generate based on the selected cipher its own public and private uh, parameters and it will send back the uh, that 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 portion that missing portion to the server so it can complete the symmetric key the reason we had the two round trip is because we did not pick we did not let the client pick the cipher that's that's the problem with 1.2 leading to this extra round trip and because of that the certificate is technically not encrypted it's transferred in plain text right and this is finished finish up the router. So anyone sniffing TLS 1.2, you can see the plain text certificate in the wire. But you cannot change it, of course, because there is an integrity that protects the whole thing. Right? But that's another topic. In TLS 1.3, it's no. 
The client actually says because the client supports both, let's, support, let's say it's curl, and curl supports both, it will actually say, hey, hey, I, I here's a list of my software. By the, by the way, let's, let's, here's, here's my public part of the X255. Let, let me get the actual name. So TLS X25519. That's the group. That's the correct. That's the correct curve. And so this is this is what I saw. And these are the values that I picked. Let's 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 communicate. And the server, if it knows TS 1.3, it will just complete the handshake right there and then. One round trip, half a round trip, even, right? So now the server have the full key. It completes it. So the symmetric key, it has it. So what the server does, it sends two portions. It sends its public parts of that key because the client doesn't have it, remember? It only has its part. And what the and the rest of the stuff, it just encrypts. The whole extension, the certificates are encrypted, the, the TLS extension. If you support any type of extension, pretty much the whole round trip, the TLS is encrypted, fully encrypted. The client cannot read it unless actually it finds the key, right? So the certificate is actually encrypted. So if that's why if you sniff the TLS 1.3, you can't even see the certificate that is being sent back in TLS 1.3. Huh? It's all so encrypted. But it's still encrypting a large thing. It will result in a large thing, right? It's still large, right? You can argue maybe it's larger. I don't know. Might be wrong in there. I might be wrong there, actually. No. Encrypting something large, will it get larger? Yeah. I mean, it's a block cipher. Yeah. I don't think that it will be larger. I might be wrong there. I'm not a security expert. So the client will get that back. The certificate is absolutely useless here to the client. It cannot do anything with it. See what we added here with TS1.3. We actually added another step. We added an extra step where the cert certificate, in this case has to be decrypted. So I have to finish the handshake first, find out the symmetric key, decrypt that certificate and everything else. Only then I can validate it. So we added a step, an extra step that didn't exist before. In TS 1.2, it's plain text, so immediately verify, right? You can verify technically without completing the handshake. Because technically, completing the handshake is pointless if you if you fail the verification, right? So that's the thing. So think about the amount of work that you have to do if you have to encrypt in TS 1.2. Once we implement this, right, we'll have to encrypt and we'll have to compress. Well, we have to compress first and then we have to encrypt and the client will have to decrypt and then we have to decompress and then it has to validate boy that's a lot of work and does that save us the transfer time i think it does right because remember we're adding extra work at the client side here and now i'm worried about other things right? a shady attacker that kind of 
can DDoS the client or the server because the client can do the same thing. If if you if your server supports client authentication, then I am a shady client. I can send this compression. I compress my data. Uh, then I and then I encrypt it, and it's all garbage. I I, I, don't know, I compress a movie. <laughs> I send it to you, right? As as, as as hey, this is my certificate, right? And I also encrypt it, of course, with my uh, key. I'll, but unless you support like a, a zero RTT in this case, right, where you actually encrypt it, then in this particular case, I can actually DDoS the server because the server will spend all of its time encrypting and then decompressing, and then only after decompress that three gig movie if i was wait a minute this is not even a certificate what's going on and but i spent all the beautiful cpu time of the server ddos alert very bad stuff so i think that's why people are aware of these things so smart security people are thinking about all this stuff like what are the ramifications of implementing something like that that's the problem here i think yeah another thing like uh you, you, you did we we talked about this uncompressed length right you see uncompressed length is a is a space is a, is an integer or maybe 64 bit integer that says hey this is the the size of the uncompressed certificate so if i fake a number it says hey uh, this is the compressed size is actually 1 kilobyte but the but the actual uncompressed is 7 gigabyte it's just a number based on the rfc and i'm going to include it here right the client actually the server allocate memory first seven gig of free memory in order to put the uncompressed certificate in so if i lied as an attacker i can also uh, run a buffer overflow attack on the server side and i just make the server run out of memory i don't know so much stuff to think about here i think it's a useful thing but um what do you guys think about this let me know the in the comment section below and if you're listening to the podcast thank you so much i uh, appreciate you uh you can tweet at me and uh, hnasr or email me h at hosseinnasr.com for have this discussions i love this stuff absolutely love guys see you in the next one you guys stay awesome goodbye